Super Clash. It is the Super Clash podcast, episode 31. I am your host, Kale. I'm Connor. And this is going to be probably a little bit of an off episode. Connor and I just have been pretty busy the last couple, uh, or at least the last time we met up. Um, So we're not sure how this is going to go. We might squeeze in a couple games, but who knows? Connor and I will just probably just start going on a tangent as we always do, but it's probably a bigger tangent than usual. I'm going to fight Kale. Oh, yeah, you're, you're going to hear everything. I don't know what's wrong with him, guys. I think he's been going through some stuff lately. He's been acting real funny. <coughs> uh, so if he goes down a weird or dark path during this <coughs> podcast, uh, we'll, we'll, we won't cut it out, but we'll, we'll tell him we're going to cut well, it out. I do the editing, motherfucker. <laughs> He tells you he does the editing, but he really he pawns it off to some like kid on Fiverr. Shh. <laughs> I'm spread thin, okay. I I've got I got this editing to do. I got my current job. Mm-hmm. Um, got studying uh-huh. for shit. Uh huh. Um, I DoorDash for extra money. I'm pretty spread thin. Oh. Maybe I maybe I need to get some of that uh, that 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 dank herb. That butter on toast. Sure, because you said you're spread thin. You're get out, get okay. out of my house. Wait, hold on. <laughs> yeah, this this is my house now. Oh, okay. Good luck with that mortgage payment. I'm gonna head out. <laughs> <laughs> See, this this is this this is what we've been reduced down to when it is almost eight o'clock after a long week of shit. Yeah, man, it's not great. This this week felt like sometimes it felt like it was flying by, but other times it felt like it was just dragging, dragging. And see, that's the probably the worst part of my job is there are days where it's like it's really easy and days where it's really busy. And as much as it sucks, I would prefer days that are busy because the day at least goes by faster. Hmm. But those slow days where I'm just like, because I have to be there eight hours. I can't just leave. It's like, that's stupid. Hmm. If it's not busy, if if like one person can can, hand, can handle it, save money. And you, yeah, your dog's barking outside. I hear it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. That That's just me. Especially when, when I'm kind of uh, having one of those low days, you know, where it's just like, my anxiety is is spiked, or my mood's not uh, is not the best. That seasonal depression's kicking in real oh, hard dude. right now, dude. I I felt it hardcore this morning. I woke up, it was freezing mm-hmm. cold, and just mm. and who's who's? It's Trey. Oh, uh, it's Trey. Yeah, I got the vibration too. Oh yeah, hmm. It's the group chat. He's talking about uh, the film Dune, which looks pretty good. I know nothing about it other than it's isn't it based off a book or something? Yeah, it's based off a a book. Hmm. About sandworms or something, right? I think that's tremors. So there's not like a giant. Worm I really don't in know. This? I feel like there is. I don't know. Yeah, but it, but aren't all movies kind of getting based off books at this point? Oh, I thought you were going to say aren't all movies based off giant sandworms <laughs> at this point? I'm like, well, I guess well, that's uh, it, that that's a different kind of documentary. I mean, you wouldn't really know. I mean, there could be sandworms in any of the movies we're watching. See, that would be the greatest movie ever. Is like have a super, like well written drama. <laughs> H- 
have like all the characters super like super fleshed out. You have they have great chemistry with each other, and then at the very end, like just like third act, all of a sudden, <laughs> sandworms <laughs> eats people out of nowhere. They're like, what the hell? And the whole like half hour of the film are these fleshed out characters that we've come to know and love. Just Fighting sandworm, starship, starship trooper style. And beforehand, it was just a will they, won't they, <laughs> love romance kind <laughs> yes. of thing. Yes, that'd be phenomenal. Mm. Now we, we should make that movie. We should. Totally I don't know make if that Hollywood movie. would greenlight that though. No, see, see, what we do is we just give them the pitch. Oh my God, what if we marketed it just as a romance film? That's exactly what. <laughs> Can you that's imagine? Exactly what I was gonna do. How freaked I was thinking. out people would get. First off, they'd be wondering why it's an R rating. Secondly, <laughs> hey, hey, no, see, here's the thing. You shoot the trailer so people know that the R rating is justified like like Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, yeah, so there's like sex scenes or something in it? Yeah, and okay. so, and then at the very end, and no, I think also Black Swan with Natalie Portman and uh, Mila Kunis, that was rated R. Hmm. And that's That was kind of a love story. Like I, I don't know. I've never seen the film, but we can do it. And we pitch it to the producers, but don't tell them about the sandworms. Definitely don't. <laughs> like, just have Can you imagine a theater full of middle-aged white women watching, <laughs> and then all of a sudden somebody gets chomped in half by a sandworm? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that would good. be amazing. Uh, uh, what, what, what would we call it? We, we, we can't do anything like... That reference that references it's just gotta be like sandworms. Something, <laughs> something like Veronica's point or something like that. Just just completely yeah, not even close. Veronica's point would be amazing. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine first of all, the initial reaction and then the secondary reaction of all of a sudden the people are like, Wait, 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 wait. This is a horror movie? <laughs> like <laughs> And and maybe and maybe to get people to keep coming back to the theater, we can like drop Little teeny tiny hints of there possibly being being something in the background. Yes. Oh, in fact, and for the first few acts of the movie, there needs to be like very subtle hints. Like maybe just like you can just see like the table like slightly shake every once in a mm-hmm. while, or just like something subtle and where most people wouldn't pick up on it unless they were looking for it. Or or what you do is is you you base it out in like California or whatever, so where there are fault lines, and you can ju- almost justify, like, very small little tremors, like uh. like 2.5 tremors or anything, or, or things like or that. Or there's little nods towards it, like one of the characters goes fishing, and they have to buy worms, and the camera kind of focuses on the thing of worms for, like, a little too long, you know? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> dude, we're going to be filmmakers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I could see, I could see, this movie is going to be a 10 out of 10. Greatest movie ever made. And it's got to have some, like, serious, like, actors and actresses in it. Like, yes. it has to have, like, some, like, ones that are only really known for, like, romance movies mm-hmm. and stuff. Yes. Like Ryan Gosling or... But there's got to be, like, a weird, almost like a weird tip-off where we have, like, a weird B-movie actor just inserted somewhere in it. Yes. And he's just kind of like there's a like, side there's, character. There's, like, there's maybe, like, he's the bartender or, or something. Like, like there's there's a scene where they're, where they're talking over and the bartender, like, gives him a drink. And he has, like, one or two lines. Yes. And then he makes an, an appearance with, like, like a shotgun and a He becomes rifle. basically the main character <laughs> yes. by the third act. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So good. We got to make this movie. Like, w- this would be the greatest movie ever made. This is an Oscar winner right here. Yes. And they, they would, would have to create a new category. For this film, best twist. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan has nothing on this. <laughs> this is the greatest twist a movie has, 
that's ever like created. I don't I don't know what I, I can't even think of the words right now. It would be like hella confusing too before it came out because they're like, what the hell? This movie has a hundred million dollar budget. I thought it was a romance film. Like, how do they need this big of a budget? Like, and it's like <laughs> for all the CG sandworms. <laughs> <laughs> the end of it is like an open <laughs> hold on the end of it's like an open-ended like like kiss at the end but you see a sandworm in the background moving like it ends with a romantic touch but also doesn't want you to forget what it was yes and this is and this would be a one-off movie no sequel no 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 sequel but the but we you know since we're the directors on it we would also release another movie a few years later, but it would just be a pure romance movie exactly. all the way through. <laughs> so people like, oh, ooh, what are they going to do now? So this this is just a romance? Wow, I wasn't expecting that. And then our third movie, it's a horror movie that suddenly twists into a romance movie at the end. <laughs> like we make a slasher. Yeah, it's like a werewolf like horror movie that all of a sudden, like as I said, third act, all of a sudden it's like, Oh, actually, the werewolf is a kind heart, and you know he wants he, to he, he fall can't in control love, it. You know, <laughs> and so <laughs> and it switches. Mm. Oh, so good. Oh man, that was almost more fun than than um. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably the more most fun conversation we've had on the show. Uh, uh, we so need to we need to make that. We do. The, does anyone have a hundred million dollars we can use? Yeah, just just chuck it our way I, I can guarantee you'll make your money back i think so because i think it would get enough like word of mouth traction you wouldn't even have to market this movie no you don't and but here's the thing that's what uh, what would kind of suck about the internet is like there would be people spoiling it but here's the thing though people who attempt to spoil it it would it would sound like they're bullshitting because they're saying the entire third act has sandworms in it. Yeah, nobody would believe them at this movie. That's you know we have a very small marketing budget, but all the trailers just have like you know just you know your run of the mill Hallmark Channel romance scenes mm-hmm. in it. Oh, and so, so good. and so like people trying to spoil it would fail spoiling it because as you said, no one would believe him, and everyone who says no, it's really sandworms. People will think that they're just in on the joke, but it's not a joke. <laughs> so good. Oh, I thought of another like randomly stupid movie. It's like <laughs> this romance movie where halfway through he gets dumped. And so he develops a horrible hentai addiction. And it's just about him coping and masturbating all the time. <laughs> and then and then he meets some kind of evil scientist that actually does replace his member with a tentacle. Yes. And then it just goes completely off the rails from there. He turns into a monster, starts choking people with his tentacle dick. And then at the end, he learns a valuable lesson and gets back together with his first girlfriend. <laughs> Who also happened to have a, a tentacle dick. No, she just likes tentacles, so <laughs> oh, it works okay. out. Oh, man. it remind- there, There's a really weird, twisted um, horror film. Um, I, I don't know who it was um, directed by, but it starred like... Uh, I don't know the actor's name, but he was in the I'm a Mac, I'm a PC commercials. So he played the Mac. He was also in Dodgeball. Okay. Um, he, he stars in the film. And what happens is that he meets a guy like in a flyer that just wants to tell stories to someone. And so the, and so the, the character's like, okay, I'll go listen to this guy's story. And this guy starts talking about how, um, 
this walrus. Oh my god, it's called Tusk. Tusk I know what you're talking yes. about. Oh my god. Yes. That movie, man. That was that movie was fucked up. But man, that that makeup work though. I of uh, spoilers of that character turning into the walrus was incredible. This man turns a human into a walrus. It was like, was it? Did this come out before Human Centipede? I don't know, but it's got similar vibes. It does. Like, I, I want to look this up. When when did Human? I've seen Human Centipede. It's uh, I didn't like it that much. No, because it's a weird premise for sure. But at the same time, like I, I get that's the point. It's, yeah. it's a weird premise, but I just don't think it was executed very well. No, it, that movie is entirely based off cringe factor. Right. Human Centipede was 2010. Uh, I was going to guess eight. Tusk, 2014. Oh, so maybe wow. Tusk was inspired by the other. Yeah. Damn. Justin Long. Justin Long, yeah. Yep, is yep, the yep, name yep. of the character. He was in Waiting as well. Yeah. And Haley Joel Osment was in it? I feel like I remember that. I don't remember who he was, though. I did not know that. Hmm. <laughs> well, there you go, buddy. There, there's some weird uh, art house films for you. Art house is that what we're calling them? I don't know. Like, they're they're films that don't really have that big a budget. That they have really weird premise premise. Like, they're 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 films not meant for the masses. You know what? I I actually thought of a great segue here. You know, we had no plans going into this episode. No, that's that's why we t- we talked but for 17 minutes on our movie premise. By the time this video goes up it'll be right before halloween or possibly right around halloween right so why don't we just talk about some weird horror movies we've watched over the years oh goodness um oh i i watched uh i don't know if you've seen it midnight mass on on netflix okay what'd you think of that it was incredible like you need to watch it okay i think my this is my mom who said i needed to watch that yeah it's like go for it 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 is incredible it's a mini series, right? It's it's yeah, it's a limited series. It's only like eight episodes. Okay. And they're and it's like literally you have to make a day out of it because each episode's an hour long. Oof. Okay. Okay. So it's a little it bit is, of time investment. It is wonderful. It is well written. The actor that plays uh the priest, uh-huh. incredible. Like his like the most fun to watch. And I, I don't want to really talk talk about this too deeply because you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. But he was, like I said, he was the most fun to watch, and just every time he was on screen, it was incredible, hmm. of ha- like how good of an actor this this uh, this person was. Nice. But I won't get into it. But all all I can say is that it it goes in a direction that you that you kind of think that they're going for, but it's a new take, a traditional monster. Okay. So. Okay, so there is like a creature in it, right? Yeah, there is a creature. Okay. But that's all I'll say. Okay. So when we were talking about Tusk and Human Centipede, a couple movies came to mind that were, I don't know, uh, what do you want to call them? Like body horror sort of films, mm-hmm. right? That's the cool thing about, I don't mean to cut you off, Um, that's the cool thing about horror is that there's so many like versions of sub-genres. horror. Like subgenres of horror. Like, you you don't really get that with like action or romance or com I guess kind of comedy but there's different kinds of comedy there's different kinds of action too I suppose like sci-fi and you know well but still it, but the very premise of it is still action packed and everything but 
with horror, you have monster, you have ghosts, you have slashers, aliens, aliens. sci-fi horror, yeah, you know, body horror. You know, you got what I call murder porn, where it's just like your saws yes, and yes. hostels, Halloween, yeah. Which I I would consider Halloween more of more of a it's slasher. a slasher, yeah, mm-hmm. but at the same time, yeah, but. Anyway, so the movies that came to my mind, uh, the first one was Teeth. Have you ever heard of or watched that movie? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it, but I know the premise. Okay, yeah. For a, a, a dick-eating badge. Yes, yes. There's a woman who is, uh, I guess she was born with it, a vagine that uh, has teeth. Mm. And that's the whole premise of the movie is um, she ends up having like these uh bad relationships with these guys i don't remember if they like tried to like rape her or maybe they were just like assholes so she has sex with them and basically like you know lops their little knobs off so is so i haven't seen so is it more of a like a revenge type kind of film to like she's essentially the good guy or or good girl (sighs) i mean because because the way you're describing it's like these these dudes that have sex with her are as you said, assholes, or or they take advantage of her. So they seem like terrible human beings that get their comeuppance. I, I it's been a long time. It's been like high oh, okay. school since I watched this. Wow. But I will okay. say, um, I feel like one of them, one of the people that she ends up killing, I would consider it to be maybe like an overreaction. Like, uh, I some of them, yeah, they probably deserved it. But I think there was like one of them who was like maybe her boyfriend or something. Who maybe didn't deserve it as much. Like he just mm. did something like shitty, but didn't quite deserve to have his pingus taken off. <laughs> but uh and then the other one I thought of that was kind of on a, like a similar vein is uh have you heard of a movie called Dead Girl? No, I haven't. Okay, so I used to be on this kick back in high school, um, where Trey and I would go to Blockbuster. I know a relic, I'm old, whatever. Um, I I can hear I can hear a fourteen year old in in the audience. What's a blockbuster? Okay, boomer. Um, so I used to go to Blockbuster pretty much every time I would get off work because I worked at a McDonald's that was like walking distance from a Blockbuster, and I would rent a handful of like cheap movies, like B horror movies and stuff, and mm-hmm. I'd watch them. And one that I found on a list online was like horror movies you need to watch. It was Dead Girl, and I was like, okay, sure, yeah, that sounds creepy. Um, the whole premise is there's these two teenage boys, and they find, uh, this girl, um, who, I want to say that she's, like, tied up to a table in this, like, abandoned thing. What? But, but she's, like, not a normal girl. Like, she doesn't talk. She just kind of, like, groans and makes noises and stuff. Basically, like, almost like a zombie. Mm. And, uh, these two boys get this sick idea in their head that they're just going to uh constantly have sex with this dead girl uh this like ew i I don't even want to call her quite a zombie but you know she's you know and after a while um they start rotting they they and they start having parts of them fall off. oh shit uh but it's really it's really gross and it's fucked up and it's kind of like super dark to think about like like, they're basically raping this undead thing essentially creepy mm-hmm. um but yeah th- those movies uh kind of came to my mind of like really weird um kind of b horror movies in a way it, did right. you have any that kind of like came to your mind right away uh there was one that i can't remember what it was but 
it was basically I watched this movie once, and it was like almost ten years ago, to where basically uh, there was this guy in a wheelchair. He goes to a campsite at a log cabin, and then there's these teenage girls in the log log cabin across the way, who are there to party and everything. And all this guy can do is just sit with his binoculars and watch and watch him. And you know, and the girls call him a perv and everything. But all of a sudden, a yeti comes out of nowhere, starts killing these girls, and <laughs> all this guy can do is just watch it uh, through the binoculars. Oh and, there, my and there's gosh. there's everything in this. There's blood. There's gore. There's titties and just there's. I haven't seen this film in years, so I haven't. I can't tell you how it ended, but <laughs> it's just, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So, oh my gosh, uh, I will say I watched a film with uh, David and Trey recently, uh, called Scouts Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Have you seen that one? No, it looks sound or sounds interesting. Um, so I think we watched it on Amazon Prime. I think it was free on there. Um, uh, that that's kind of a toss up. What? In my experience of Amazon free movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, some of them are... I think this one was actually in theaters at one point. Okay. Um, so the whole premise is there's these high school boys who are still in Boy Scouts together. So, like, past the age where, you know, you wouldn't get made fun of anymore. Right. And they still wear their, like, little, you know, outfits to school <laughs> and all that stuff. And it's all because of the fact that one of the... Uh, kids and scouts i think his like dad passed away or something and so scouts has kind of been his coping mechanism so his two friends kind of stick with him um so what happens is they're supposed to be like a, this big party and on that exact same night they're supposed to be on like a scouting trip so they go into the woods they have their scouting trip and then the two guys who like don't really want to be in scouts anymore um one of which is the main character from Ready Player One. I forget the actor's name. Okay. Um, but they leave, and they get caught because they were going to go to the party. And they uh, essentially go back into town, and they realize that, where is everybody? Where is everybody gone? And essentially the whole zombie apocalypse has happened. So oh, shit. There's basically this scene where they go into this strip club and there's zombie strippers and then they go to a police station and uh, there's zombie police officers, one of which her boobies pop out and one of the teenagers of grabs course. their boobies because, you know. Teenagers and boobies. You know. Um, and they meet this girl who dropped out of high school and was working at the strip club as a bartender and she kind of like helps them out to survive and this whole thing is about them first trying to survive and then they realize oh shit everybody at that party is probably going to die <clears throat> so they go to the party and they try to like save everybody so they go first to they go to a hardware store and they make all these like you know homemade weapons and stuff because they're scouts so they like right they're they're good with their hands or whatever and they make all these tools and they go and they like try to fight off all these zombies and save the rest of the <clears throat> high schoolers um it has a lot of really funny scenes. At the same time, it's super cheesy. But I think that's the point, though. I think it's worth a watch. I, it's it's dumb enough where I'm like, yeah, you know, just just watch it. You know. Yeah, I guess the most recent, I guess you you can call it horror, like horror film. Lily and I do watch uh, horror films every once in a while. We watched <clears throat> one that's oh I forgot what it's called. I think it was called like Winchester. 
I've heard of that one. I've watched that one in theaters, actually. I watched it in uh, the 4D. It, it was in theaters? Winchester, yeah. I, I, I don't know what it is, but it's basically about this guy who goes to the Winchester house yep. in the 1800s. Like, it was back in the 1800s or something. Yep. I went to a 4D theater, and you could smell the whiskey when he drank it, and the smoke would come up when he would shoot a gun, and then yeah, all I, that stuff. See, I thought the buildup was really good. But near the end, with like the ghost like dragging him across the halls and everything, that's when I that's when I started to lose me a little bit. I don't remember liking that movie very much. I remember yeah. watching it that one time and then be like, okay, I'm not gonna watch that ever again. Yeah, and then we saw um, the Rob Zombie film Lords of Salem. I haven't seen that one. Uh, basically, what it is is that there's a girl who hosts a radio show and they get this mysterious vinyl that plays this really weird music and then all of a sudden it like activates something in the women of of this massachusetts town um that makes them start becoming witches or something like that okay i i I fell asleep halfway through it honestly like i i generally don't like rob zombie films because rob zombie directed these like he, he like i guess he has good ideas but his directing style just doesn't sit well with me. It's like I don't like his exploitation film style, really. What do you mean? Everyone needs to be either like super mean and nasty, or just off. And I I feel like anyone in a um, Rob Zombie film is overacting a lot. Yeah, that seems right. Um, like we'll look at Rob Zombie's Halloween. Like that, that whole that whole for um, opening scene where the stepdad is is mimicking the the mother, um, or, or I'm sorry, the crying baby. It's like, okay, I get it. He's coming coming from a broken home, but this doesn't feel like how a broken home acts like. Yeah, like, I I can't really explain it, but I I I, I uh, see it burned in my or in my head. But I just don't I just don't like Rob Zombie films. That's fair. I also don't like his music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not so, very good either. He's he's, he's kind of a, uh, in my humble opinion, a shit mu- musician. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you um, have you watched any of the Purge movies? I have not, but I've been interested in it. I was gonna ask you if you've seen the brand new one. I have not. Um, but I'm actually so, you know, without going down a huge tangent, I've been ripping my movies and digitizing them so I can watch them um, anywhere on Plex. Right. So okay. So mm. I just got to the Purge movies, and I started ripping those, and I realized, oh, I don't have the the new one, which is I think it's called the Forever Purge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always thought those were like an interesting premise, and in how those movies kind of like evolved over time. So it first went from like this concept of like, okay, the Purge is one night a year where um, you can pretty much get away with any crime, and that includes murder. Um, so the whole premise of the first movie was, um, the main character sells security systems. And so he obviously has a pretty good security system at his house. Um, the little boy who lives at that house, his son lets in a homeless person that is being chased. Right. And then these purgers want to break into that home to kill that homeless person because they feel like they're entitled to be able to kill him if they want to. Um, so that's like that kind of premise. And it, it, I, the subsequent films kind of delve more into the, the social aspect of it, which kind of makes it more fascinating where the, 
second film kind of leans into the fact of, oh, well, the purge really only impacts the poor because the poor don't have access to um, like security systems or safe places to stay or they can't hire bodyguards. They can't do this or that. So right. it ends up being a purge of poor people um, or they insinuate people of color, too. Can't get any more American than that. Right. And uh, Country so, burn. Hips. And so that's the premise of, like, the second film. And then the third film um, sets up that there is a new presidential candidate who wants to come into office, and they want to overturn the purge and remove it. And so purge night happens, and all of these people are out to basically get this presidential candidate because, oh, you're taking away the purge from me. Mm, you're taking away my constitutional rights. Yeah. And then the subsequent film is called The First Purge. I don't know if I've watched that one. I owned it, and I planned to watch it before I moved, and I just didn't. Um, I think it talks about like what happens like the first time they did The Purge or something. I have not seen it. And then the new one, I think, is where the new president comes into office, overturns The Purge or whatever, but people don't obey it essentially mm. so i think that's what that premise of that one is about i've always found them to be very interesting movies kind of like they're they're so far-fetched that they could not happen but they're they're grounded in enough reality where you can like let your imagination kind of like fill in the pieces mm. and you kind of would understand like yeah you know from a social standpoint yeah the, the poor would be the ones who would get yeah. killed or the people of color who are out there who can't, you know, defend themselves against all these people. And then, oh, they introduced the concept in one of the movies of um, murder tourist. So people from other countries come to America on the day of the purge so they can kill and then go back to their country. Interesting. Which you don't really think about. And you're like, well, shit, yeah, maybe they would do that. But then, like, would they be murderers in their own country? Hmm. You know, because if I went to another country you know, killed a man, even if they didn't want to try me there, if I might still get in trouble in the United States, right? Right. So, I don't know. There's a lot of weird social conversation to have about the Purge movies, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm yet to see them. And like I said, th they seem interesting. Definitely, definitely. I would watch them. Um, they're, they're a good, like, I don't even know if I want to call them. They're on the, the edge of horror, slasher, thriller. thriller action because a couple of them i would consider to be almost action movies uh especially the election year which is one where they're trying to save the presidential candidate right which actually probably came out either last year or was it last year uh i think it came out in like 20 2016 oh that one oh wow that's even more kind of <laughs> i think it did i think the other one came out in 20 the the first purge um, the movie called The First Purge, not the first movie. Mm -hmm. Confusing. Uh, came out in 2018, and then I think the one came out this year is The Forever Purge. Yeah. Yeah. Make that with what you will. <laughs> I, it's kind of funny because I remember when the first, pur like the first film came out, there were articles saying, oh, could The Purge really really become a reality? It's like, oh, it's like all this like bullsh bullshit articles and clickbaity articles. It's like, no, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and I think anybody with, with half a brain realizes it, it wouldn't happen, but it's 
as I said, it's it's far fetched, but it's so close to what could be a possible you know possible reality mm-hmm. that you kind of if you turn off your your logical part of your brain, you're like, oh wow, this is interesting, you know. It makes sense if you don't think about it. Yeah, it, and it was kind of a unique idea when it came out. I don't think there's any other movie before it that did anything like that. Mm, no, I don't think so. Yeah, but uh, because we're a gaming podcast, let's uh, let's touch base a, just a little bit um, on segue, segue, segue. Uh, Back for Blood. This game, this game uh, was released on the 12th of October, so about 10 days ago, and Connor and I and our friends have kind of got our feet wet with it, and short answer, it's fun. Long answer is a bit more complicated. Yeah, and I think I have a different take than you, because I've played a lot more of it than you now okay. at this point. Okay, um, go ahead. I'll start with you, and I'll see if I agree agree with you with the time I played. Okay. So when we first played it, we played with a team of four. And when you play with a team of four, the game is incredibly difficult. Um, we were dying almost constantly. And we are not playing on like hard or anything like that. We're playing on whatever the default setting is. And to me, all the people who were playing it are people who've been playing video games for a long time. We've played games like Left 4 Dead. We've played World War Z, things like that. GTFO. GTF, yeah. We've played all of these different horror shooter games, and it was still to the point where we were getting our asses kicked constantly while playing through the campaign. Like We died countless numbers of times um, playing, both when I played with you, Kale, and when we played um, with Trey right. as well. And so... What we came to find out was on a night where um, only David was available and then my wife, uh, we played with three people instead of four, and it was night and day different. It was Uh. so much easier. It's like you took the difficulty level and you halved it, basically. And I didn't feel like that felt right, but, I mean... What happened was when we played together, all four of us, we would maybe beat like one level every couple hours. Like, yeah, you know, and we and then we mm-hmm. would die and we have to start over and, you know, all that shit. We got probably six or eight levels in in one night when it was just the wow. three of us. We got almost to act two in one night. Jeez. And it's totally different. <laughs> and see, it's, it's really interesting that you mentioned that because I was going to mention the – uh the difficulty of the game, I feel like, it, I feel like it's extremely unbalanced. Yes. In terms of like the the special affected, and I felt like this this was a problem with uh, Turtle Rock's um, last entry with with Evolve. Um, Evolve had a really interesting premise to it, but the problem is, I felt like it was heavily unbalanced. Um, I I understand that. It, um. It was an asymmetric multiplayer game, but I felt like the monster, anyone who played the monster, automatic had it, had advantage, and it was always heavily favored for the monster, and there wasn't enough that the humans could do to kind of um, turn the, like, tip the scales in their favor. In my experience, the monster would just run, 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 run. And you would spend half the game chasing the monster until like the last five minutes, and then 
the monsters are already so powerful that there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. So I, I felt like that was a big problem with Evolve. Now, for this game, the problem is is that there is no AI director that determines the amount of special infected that appear in the game. Yeah. Um, if, if, if we look at, like, Left 4 Dead, which you can argue Back for Blood is a spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead. Yeah. There, there was a balance with the special infected. There was, there was probably not more than, like, two special infected in play at the same time. Yeah. Um, and because, because the AI director would, would determine how well you and your team are doing and then kind of adapt accordingly. So if you're doing well, and then, yeah, they'll probably throw a bit more special infected at you. But if you're doing poorly, they'll kind of, they'll kind of, uh, reel it back a little bit for you. And another thing is, which is really frustrating, is that the special infected in Back for Blood, I feel like they have too much health. Too much health and too much range. Especially with the boomer equivalents in, in Back for Blood. He can vomit like half a crop from the map, and, it and seems it's like. literal, and it's literally half a magazine to finally take him out. Whereas with the boomer, it's one, it's like one, like one shot with a rifle, and like what, like maybe three shots with a pistol. Yeah, and again, his his range was very limited. Um, and then there's the charger equivalent that's in which there. that's yeah, it's it needs a patch. It needs um a balancing patch. Like you, they need to bump down the health of the special infected because the special infected are, at least in left left or dead's case, is meant to be like designed to separate characters, or like and create an obstacle. It was it, like they can kill you, but you had to be really, really, really bad at the game to get killed by one. Yeah, and in this one, there could be half a dozen special infected on the screen, and there has been on that boat level that we played, which is in uh, Act One. Uh, I remember when, so we tried playing through it again um, last night with four people again, and we. So this would be the fourth time I've played through that level, and. When you were heading towards the boat, there were two of the what we would call charger equivalent, the big armed guys. They're called like tall boys in game. Yeah. And there were two of the guys that exploded and will vomit on you. And then there was one of the ones that will like jump on you and hold you um, all on screen at once. Mm -hmm. It was insanity. And the whole purpose of that game was you're supposed to be running or the purpose of that level is you're supposed to be running towards an objective to get to the other end. And so when you have all that shit there on you, top of like your common infected. Yeah. And then because you're standing there trying to deal with the stuff on the bridge, um, in addition to fighting off everything, you have to watch out for the tall boy because the tall boy can hit you once. It'll launch you off the side of the bridge. And that's an instant kill. Like you are right. gone out of the game. And mm -hmm. So we died twice in a row just trying to do that, and it's like, come on, like, yeah, I and they they need to um, tone down the appearance of the special infected, yes, and maybe reduce their damage a, a little bit more, um, yeah, and or the damage they take, yeah, and the damage they take, and maybe fix the auto aim a little bit. I felt like my auto aim as a console plebe. Just didn't I didn't feel like I was having a hard time 
aiming at the zombies and special affected. I feel like the problem is, and I noticed this a few times, the auto-aim comes and goes, which is the really, really weird part. Because there's times where I I could like click on in on the, the aim down sights, and it will pop to one of the guys, and then I'd try it later in the game, and it doesn't do anything mm-hmm. so like when you're trying to pop off quick shots and you're you know you're taking advantage of the ads cool but then all of a sudden when it stops working you're kind of fucked right and it really really sucks um and and here's the thing this is what i don't understand now again let me preface this by saying the game is fun with friends i i am enjoying the game but they they marketed this game by saying this was made by the creators of Left 4 Dead, which means that the creators that worked for Valve with Left 4 Dead either created or, or came to Turtle Rock and developed this game. What I don't understand, and maybe they didn't have the budget or the time, like these developers, they know how Left 4 Dead works. They know how the AI director works. They know they know how to balance. They work for fucking Valve, mm-hmm. which, which Valve at the time was like, top tier beloved studio i don't know if it still is because they, they're focusing too much on um like their steam deck and i they haven't really come out with a full-fledged game other than half-life alex yeah um but they know like how left for dead works and again i don't know if they just didn't have the budget for playtesting because valve has been known to playtest the shit out of their games that's why they're always so well balanced and they play so well yeah but there are times when the game just doesn't feel right in the hands. If there's a potential where there's enough special infected on the t- are on the field at once, where every single player can become incapacitated, which did happen to us when we were playing one time, mm-hmm. there was uh, one of the tall boys grabbed one of us, and then one of the ones that uh, just runs up and jumps on you and grabs you grabbed another person, and then another person got hit by like the spitter where it, like you know makes you like stiff and stuff yeah and then i got vomited on by the acid spitting thing and it all happened at once yep so i was covered in acid vomit trying to save three other people and just died because like how the fuck am i supposed to fight four infected by myself Mm -hmm. and there was no way other than you know i don't know maybe killing them faster had we noticed them a second quicker before they grabbed one of us like how else would we have survived that and see and and that's that's another thing with um what kind of separates this game from left for dead is that for one the special infected had very distinct models they 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 stood out in a crowd they had a completely different color palette other than the tall boy like they 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 really do kind of blend in to the environment and they had distinct noises too and yeah, and and Left 4 Dead, they also had um, distinct musical stings as well. Yes, yes. Like, and you would usually either hear the noise of of the special infected Left 4 Dead or hear the musical sting first, and that triggers your brain. We need to prepare yes. for something. We need to we need to be on our toes. That's not present in Back for Blood. They well, just they just pop. Well, pop here's out the, of nowhere. Here's the problem with it. It's not that it's not present because you can hear the special effect of making noises the problem is they're so common you perpetually hear them i don't i think i was sitting in a safe room once and i heard all of these special infected noises going on at once just over and over and over again and i got out of the room 
and I didn't see any special infected because they're constantly playing the noises that those special infected make. It's kind of numbs you to it. You're like, are they here? Are they there? I'll call it out all the time. I'll be like, oh, I hear a tall boy. And then we won't see it for five minutes. And then, you know, it'll show up or I'll say, oh, I hear a tall boy. And then two spitters will come out. And it's like, Mm -hmm. what the fuck? Like, I don't. (laughs) But I think we've we've dogged on its problems enough. We should probably talk about some of the positives. But here's here's the thing, though. And and uh, the reason why I want to mention this is because I do want to play go back to this game. Aliens Fireteam Elite mm-hmm. has a better balance yes. with the special xenomorphs in this game because with the spitters and the and, and their equivalent of the bloaters, they don't really show up that often. And they a lot of times they don't really show up until like you need to hold this position. Yes. And so it, it is far more balanced than Back for Blood, unfortunately, which I I can argue that possibly back for blood had a higher budget than aliens. i think it did i think it did especially because turok turok studio and it was also produced by warner brothers which produced i think the arkham asylum games yep. so and the uh, middle earth games yeah and so there there was a big budget uh, publisher behind this and they they just pro- i'm sorry but they produced a above average Left for Dead, yeah, but the, but as as you said, there are there are good there are good things about this game. Yes, and why don't you tell us about that? Why adjust my mic stand? Okay, so a few like quality of life things it did. I think this game, um, the shooting is much tighter, much more tighter in this game. Yes, than the previous ones. Remember how I made a comment when we played? Uh, it was on one of the previous podcasts where I said, you know, going back and playing Left for Dead. Um, you could tell its age just because of the way the shooting was, how it handled right. and stuff like that. Right. Um, I think this addresses that. It's it's much more. It feels like much more of a modern shooter, mm-hmm. which is good. The controls feel tight on console, um, where I don't feel like they quite did on uh, Left for Dead, just because you know as an older shooter. Right. Um, I do like how you can customize your weapons. Yes. And like as someone that likes to shoot guns i do like how you can have different um sights on it um you have plus p ammo which has more power to it extended magazines uh stocks uh longer barrels the guns all sound great yeah and each each time you encounter a gun it gives it like a star rating too so you can know without having to to think too much of oh this is a better gun than the one I have and mm-hmm. then you just swap it and grab it which you kind of need because there's never a time in that game to take a breath you're constantly moving because enemies are constantly spawning special infected are spawning regular infected are spawning you don't have time to regroup and recalculate because they're they're perpetually throwing things at you mm-hmm. um, and I think the card system once you kind of figure it out is interesting. I'm still um, trying to figure it out. Yeah, you can you can get things like a uh, plus twenty stamina, or there's even more complicated cards where it's like oh, plus sixty defense minus ten stamina, or something like that, right? Where you have like a trade off. Uh, there's also uh, match cards such as if you complete the level in under twelve minutes, then you get additional compensation for completing the level. You know, mm-hmm. you, you know for I don't know what you want to call. It. I don't know what the currency in that game. Copper, is. copper. That's what it was. For those who don't know, um, 
this game kind of has a little bit of a Counter-Strike economy to where in the safe house, like, you'll, you'll find this currency copper throughout the level. And in every safe room, there'll be a box where you can buy new weapons, attachments, ammunition, health, health kits. Um, and that's what you basically spend, spend your copper on. Yeah. And you can also, a nice little feature is you can tag um things that you find in the world and it'll put right. like a little marker and it in the game your character will call it out like oh there's a grenade here on the table oh there's health pack over here there's this there's that um that's all real nice um it makes it way easier and being like oh in that room back there there was a gun if you wanted it you know we're surrounded by rooms what the fuck are you talking about exactly um i noticed also when playing through there's a lot of um dead end rooms where you'll go, mm-hmm. you'll open a door, go in a room, and there's nothing but an infected in it. And you're like, okay, what was the point? And it'll happen fairly often. So you're like, why did I waste health going into this room? And very rarely does it even pay off. Maybe you find a bottle of pills in one room. You're like, okay, cool. That's well, not th- great, That was kind of present in Left 4 Dead as well. Yeah. Um, but th- it de- really depended on, on the director. There is some randomization. In mm-hmm. the levels, uh, sometimes you can go in certain doors. Sometimes you can't. I've noticed. Um, I'm trying to think of things that uh, I think visually this game looks great. Uh, oh yeah, it, it's looks a really, really good. good looking game, and, and I do want to keep playing it. There's never been a point where I'm like, I don't like playing this game. It's just I kind of would get discouraged when playing with four people, mm-hmm. and that sounds bad because you would think that this game would be best played with four people mm-hmm. and that you would be at a disadvantage with a CPU player, right? But you're not. You're better off because it scales the difficulty down like in half and then that computer character can heal you or provide ammo or whatever. And Exactly. So it's like, I don't know, better played three players, weirdly enough? I don't know, man. <laughs> but it's, I, I do want to go back to it. I'm going to keep playing. We're almost uh, uh, in the campaign that David and, and my wife and I were playing. We're almost to, we're like one level out of before playing Act 2. So we're mm-hmm. probably going to finish that up, maybe start Act 2 at some point. Um, when we were playing with Trey as well, we got probably halfway to Act 2, I think. Mm. We kind of started hitting a stride, I will say, after that boat level where we didn't die as much. But that boat level's a bitch in the beginning yeah it is but that's 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 back for blood um other than that i've been playing a little bit more far cry 6 i'm starting to become a bit lukewarm to it it's starting like it, it feels like that i don't know if i mentioned this in in the last one the main antagonist like he was in all the advertisements i feel like i've barely seen him playing this game it is it, it's, it's starting to turn into basically a your run-of-the-mill Ubisoft game with RPG elements. Like, there's waypoints everywhere. There's a shit ton of stuff to do with very little either reward or consequence. Hmm. Okay. Um, but I'm, I don't know. It's, 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 one, it's one of those things where, like, I have to do, like, basically errands and then a turning point in the story will happen. And it, it it doesn't feel like the story is like moving or I'm or, 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 or I'm making a difference doing the main story missions, at least at least right now. 
I am starting to optimize my weapons a little bit to where, as I mentioned in the last episode, there are there are soft rounds and armor piercing rounds to where like there are certain enemies that are uh, squishy, squishy, and that's where you use soft soft rounds on <laughs> and armor piercing. Um, I'm not I'm not too crazy about about that system really. I I really don't see a point in it other than like it it forces you to switch up. Yeah. But in the previous games, like if I wanted to pierce through armor, I was get a 50 caliber sniper rifle. Yeah. The bow is is in this and it doesn't really seem to make much of a difference uh with whatever arrow you use and so if I want to be silent, a headshot will always kill. A headshot will always kill with the arrow, it does not matter um at least in my experience what t- enemy type it is. And so I have my main weapon which is um my AK with soft with uh, soft rounds, and then my sniper rifle with armor piercing, and then my bow. Yeah, and that's usually how I how I rolled in the previous Far Cry's. Always had a bow, sniper, and a main weapon. But other than that, it's just it, it's a good time killer. Yeah, I've been wanting to get back in it. It's just so many good games came out right around the same time that got my attention. Right. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about them over the past few weeks. All the games that. You know, we've been and there's just playing so little, and are interested so little in. time. And I haven't beat a single one of them because it's like my attention is split between all of them. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard to, you know, sit down and beat one of them. Mm-hmm. That's why Far Cry is usually my, um, is like it stays in my system because if I have no one to play with, that's, that's a perfect uh, single player game to kill time. And then if you. Or our friends are on, then yeah, I'll play a multiplayer game. So, hell, maybe we need to play that. Play Far Cry this weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm further than you are, so I have to hop in your game. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know. Like, I was really excited for Far Cry, and then I played a little bit of it, and I was like, okay, you know, I, I wasn't blown away right away, so I haven't had that drive to go back and play it as much mm-hmm. as it's. It feels like it's a slow start, like. Again, I feel like I'm at a turning point now to where I'm right outside the uh, the main city, and I'm probably probably not even a quarter to the game. Hmm. So I'm interested to see where this is where it's going now. But right now, it just feels like a lot of chores, and I feel like they've kind of really cut back on the quality, especially when it comes to to cinematics. To where if a character is talking to you. It's not a cinematic. It's just a menu with the model talking to you and then accept and decline. Yeah. It's like I don't know. I don't know what is going on with like your Activision's EA and Ubisoft, but I feel like the quality of their games, for the most part, is going down because I feel like what what they want to do is just push their microtransactions. Ubisoft, not not so much, but. As not not so much as EA and Activision, but Ubisoft's problem right now is basically giving things that we don't want. Well, they, I think their biggest problem is just fatigue. Like they they have consistently been releasing the same IPs over and over and over and over again, rarely introducing new ones and rarely changing the gameplay mechanics enough. To make it feel like a different game, like yeah, they're gonna keep releasing Assassin's Creed. They're gonna keep releasing Watch Dogs games. They're gonna keep releasing uh, 
you know, more Far Cry games, more this, more that. It's all the same kind of games because they're playing it safe for the most part. And it's but what I'm saying is that they're starting to get on these trends to where, like, for for a while they they announced a a new Ghost Recon game. But here's a twist: it is just a battle royale. Yeah, no, I'm done. Yeah, and th- that got such like poor reaction that they delayed it indefinitely. I here's here because th- that's the thing. Like, and there was a, there was another game to where um, it's it was like a Fortnite art style that were all like uh, the it's a, it was a, it's a Tom Clancy game, but it's a Fortnite art style with like um third echelon from the Splinter Cell games, like the ghosts and the Rainbow Six, and they all come together on like like a 6v6v6 multiplayer game. Nobody wanted that. Yeah, no. Nobody wanted a Ghost Recon Battle Royale. And you I feel like Ubisoft is chasing these trends by not and not giving us what we want. Yeah. Which is a let's go back to basics with a with Rainbow Six with a, where it's a full-on tactical shooter. Give me another Vegas. Rainbow Give me another Six Vegas. Vegas. Give us a fucking Splinter Cell game. People have been asking for a Splinter Cell game for years. Give us another Grawl. Yes, because see, U- Ubisoft's heyday was like the the, the Xbox 360 era. Yes, so yes. Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter. You had Future Soldier. Um, I liked Future Soldier. Some people that was I feel like the turning point where people started turning against it though, because people didn't yeah. like Future Soldier, but everybody I liked, liked Vegas One and Two. Vegas was incredible. Oh, I played through Vegas Two so many times. Man, that game was so. Good. I did some runs where I did the entire game with a raging bull. Nice. And I, I completed only using a raging bull. And see now Rainbow Six has just become their cash cow with Siege. And now Rainbow Six Extraction, which is going totally balls to the wall by, by introducing aliens. I'm interested in it. Yeah, I I'm, feel I'm like they could do something it. with it. But I don't think it's it's labeled at least on Wikipedia as a hero shooter. So like you're like your Overwatch it like Oh, I don't know if I'm liking that. I'm it's, changing it's my mind. Because so I don't think there's gonna be any tactics at all. Like I give us like Ubisoft. If if there's if there's some game designer or or some big wig at Ubisoft, give us what the people want. We want we want to go back to basics, as I said before, with your tactical shooters with an interesting campaign <clears throat> with interesting campaign because i remember at least within the um i could be i could be wrong it, it's either the early ghost recons or um the rainbow six games to where if you directed your team i mean i mean you're not team as in your your online team but your ai driven team you as the player wouldn't have to fire a single shot that's how deep these mechanics, these uh, tactical mechanics, were with these ga- earlier games. Have we gotten <coughs> a uh, a squad-based shooter game in a while? I can't think of anything. I kind of want to search search on Steam and see if there's any like high, like high, highly rated. Um, you get so much early access trash. On I know, Steam, but I, I want to see I that. I want to see like if there's any like highly rated tactical squad-based games available because i want that one of my favorite one of my favorite things of rainbow six was like getting the snake cam counting how many enemies out and then and then planning like okay so your team's gonna go through the window i'm gonna go through the door 
and you would direct him to break through the window so their back is turned to you. Then you break through the door, and then you then you clean it up. Ah, this makes me really want more games like that. I don't know who made Terrorist Hunt was amazing. Who made the Brothers in Arms games? Oh, give me just one second. I want another Brothers in Arms game. Yes. The last one was Hell's Highway, right? Yeah, that was in 2010, I think. That was a long. I was in high school. Yeah, I I would love another Brothers in Arms game. I know it's not probably not Ubisoft. I don't remember who made that one, but I want another um, of those. Gearbox. They haven't done anything with that IP. No. They are. Uh, oh, but Ubisoft published it. Oh, they did. Yeah, they so published I, it. They ah. did. They didn't develop it. They published it. But I was, I was partially yeah, on the you, same you, page. You, you were halfway there, and um, it wasn't 2010. It was, it was 2008. Yeah, I'd even like a new Medal of Honor game. Yeah, e- EA's not going to do that because Warfighter sucked. Yeah, Warfighter was because terrible. it was just a fucking Call of Duty clone. Oh, uh, but see, that's the thing. Like, it was a bad Call of Duty clone. E- but it was a Call EA. of Duty clone. I don't know what EA's like. The again, I'll go back to this. These big companies, all they do is ta- is chase trends. Yes, and to try to get as many people in it and make as much money as possible. People didn't like Battlefield Hardline because it wasn't um, soldiers. People didn't like didn't like Hardline because it was bad. Yes, it was a very bad game. The campaign was atrocious. They, I don't know how they did it. But they somehow, in Hardline, where you played as a cop, somehow put in a tank level with an AC-130 gunship in it. Yeah. And the combat felt... So Battlefield, up until that point, had been very uh, more methodical. Whereas Call of Duty was like twitch reaction shooting. Um, Battlefield was, you know, you aim and you take your shot. Right, right. You don't run and gun, run and gun, run and gun like spastic twitch shooting. You don't mm-hmm. do that shit. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think Hardline flipped it to a twitch shooter. Yeah, and it. I never got into that game. I, I played a little bit of it, hated it, avoided it for years. Said fuck it, I'm gonna play the campaign. Played the campaign. Wasn't really a huge fan, and never played the multiplayer again. Yeah, it was just garbo. It was absolute shit. And then. And then, of course, Battlefield now has a Battle Royale because every game needs to have Battle Royale now. Yep. Uh, what I don't like now is, like, the overabundance of free-to-play games because... And Ubisoft is kind of shifting their business, like, plan over to that to where they want to, they want the majority of their games to be free-to-play and then just push microtransactions. I say I don't like that. I mean, I mean think about... Like, because that that's exactly what I believe this Ghost Recon Battle Royale game was going to be. It was going to be free to play. And this new like Fortnite-ish bullshit was going to be free to play. I want... Imagine a free to play Far Cry. It'll be absolute dog shit. I want to pay $60 and I get all of the content and I can unlock anything I want in the game. And mm-hmm. that's what I want. I don't want to play a game that wants to charge me for things or you have to grind and grind and grind to get every little tiny thing. Yeah. And think about it this way from a longevity standpoint. So all these kids that um, grew up with games like Fortnite or um, I'm trying to think of other popular free-to-play ones right now like Warzone or 
what is it? Um, um, Apex Legends. Apex Legends. Uh, I know it's not a shooter, but Genshin Impact is another free to play. Mm-hmm. So, what happens ten years down the line when the servers are now gone for these games, and you're feeling nostalgic to play these games that you played as a kid that are just gone now? Um, what what happens then? Because me, the games that I was nostalgic for as a kid, I can still play them anytime I yep. want, and I, I can have physical copies and just play them whenever I want. Mm-hmm. What happens to those people when they they grow up and they they lose that ability to relive any of their childhood because it was all in exactly. the moment gone? I mean, since we're talking about the spoopy season, I have a really big hankering to play the second Dead Space. And guess what? All, all I have to do is plug in my Xbox 360, pop in the game. Yep. And even if Let's say, for whatever reason, you didn't have your 360. You can go find it on Steam, and because it's not a perpetually online game that requires multiple other people playing at once, you can just go on Steam and play it and download it. Now, let's say 10 years from now, uh, maybe Fortnite still exists in a digital form, but nobody's playing it. Uh, So you go on Fortnite, and you have no one to play with. It's just an empty game with, Mm -hmm. like, two other players. You know, like, where's the fun in that? It's like me right now trying to, uh, a good example is trying to go back and play uh, multiplayer for an older Call of Duty game or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't work. But I can still play the campaign as much as I want. Yeah. Because th- there's a campaign for it. You can do split screen in a lot of those older Call of yeah, Duty games. That's what needs to be brought back is couch co-op. You, you can't do that in a lot of new games, uh, especially those online ones. And... What also happens at a certain point is, are you going to buy those cosmetic items for a dead game? No, you're not going to do that. So you're you're just going to be stuck with whatever the vanilla stuff is in the game if you wanted to go right. back and play it. Right. I don't know. I'm I'm probably probably somebody out there is going to take offense to what, what, my what, thoughts on that. What we're saying is that gaming is dead. That's that's what we're saying basically. <sighs> it's not dead it's just no i i'm 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 being uh facetious it's splitting off in two directions you have the the crowd that still cares about playing through a story or playing couch co-op or playing games single player and then you have this separate almost completely different branch of gamers that play exclusively online with other people all the time uh, and they only play those types of games, typically. Um, there's a few people that land somewhere in the middle, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, it's kind of two distinct camps. Because anybody I know, um, and I play games with personally, they don't really play those multiplayer-only games. They mostly play games where... Multiplayer is an option, but you can play single player right. too, or they just enjoy single player games. And it's really hard for me to engage with a lot of these multiplayer only games mm-hmm. because the communities for them are just so fucking toxic. They're yeah, just, it's like just 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 give me a a single player game. I don't care how long it is, but make it memorable. Make me feel something. Let it resonate with me. And I, that's where I get the majority of my satisfaction with these games. I don't understand how people get their satisfaction with 
multiplayer games because unless you're really good, at least in my experience, you 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 go from either you have a really good session, bad session, bad session, bad session, good session, good session. I don't find that fun. Yeah, I think a lot of multiplayer games for me over the years have just been a quick dopamine fix. They, mm-hmm. they aren't like a meaning. Like when I would get off work, uh, back when I used to work retail or fast food, and I would get home, I would pop on a game like Battlefield or something uh, or Call of Duty, play a few rounds of that, and then just be done, right? Like, all right, I, I played for a couple hours, played a few rounds, blah, blah, blah. I'm done. And uh, I just don't, I don't want that now. If I'm going to take the time and commitment to sit down and play a game, I want to find something meaningful in it, I guess, maybe. Or have a good time with actual friends, not just randos online. Yeah. Uh, so I'll reach out to one of you guys and say, hey, you want to do a co-op game? And play through one of those. Yeah. That's... But that's... We're just old. We're... we're I'm an old soul. I love co-op games because I grew up on couch co-op. Playing Halo. Yeah, lots um, of Halo. Uh, what was another good co-op game? Oh, Rainbow Six. Go back. Rainbow Six was a great co-op game. Oh, I loved playing Vegas. Trey and I used to play that all the time. Uh, Terrorist Hunt was always so much fun. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a lot of others. It, there's And my brain's dead. I can't think you of You could play Star Wars Battlefront. Battlefront Two, the, the original, the original, yeah. You, you, you. It's just really sad we have to make that distinction. <laughs> but I used to play those a lot. I used to play games like ATV Off Road Fury. Yes. Um, I've been having a hankering to boot up a PS One emulator on my uh, computer and play. Try to find Rugrats: Search for Reptar. Uh, I'm trying to think. I might have an emulator of that on one of my handhelds. I know I have the Toy Story 2 game on one of my handhelds. I'm if if you somehow have Search for Reptar, I might have to borrow that from you because I know what I'll be doing all night. I used to own Rugrats. Me Search too. For Me too. On PS One. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love that game. I that never game was beat so it. fun. I don't think I ever beat it. As oh, a I, kid. I I beat it like ten times. Really? Because the re- what what made that game so good? Bit of a, bit, of t- bit of a tangent here, is that it was like at least the in-between of the levels. It was a free roam at the Pickles house. And it was so cool to, like, explore the house. And I think the one I kept dying at was, like, the supermarket. Or was it a toy store? I've, oh, the toy store? It was a toy store. Yeah. That's what it was. Um, For me, it was either that or it was a, the dreaded sewer level where you played as Spike to get uh, Angelica's doll I back. I remember that. I remember that. And so, like, and everyone hates sewer levels. Yeah, I don't remember that. I remember dying a lot on that one too. I think, but, but uh good times. Good, good, good game. Such a good game. And, and hey, if you want to play it, it's probably pretty easy to play. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, lately, what I've been, what I want to say is like my my go to for like a quick session is just the Tony Hawk, uh, re-release. Like, jump in, couple of single sessions, two minutes long, done. Yeah, I got my fix. We're good. So. And I think that'll just about do it. It was kind of an o- overall, like all around. I don't know what you call it. Episode. I'm very brain dead. It's our Halloween themed episode. It is. I guess you can say that with a touch of but uh, tangent. <laughs> yeah, but it's it is currently nine o'clock. I've been up since six a.m. I'm pretty tired. I want to go home and see my wife. Um, 
and maybe she'll let me play games. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe she'll club you like a baby seal. Mm. I, I like it. Does. All right. Uh, That's cute. On that note, we will see you guys next time. Goodbye.